Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, and let's sit back and chat about what is happening up in the stars above for this Friday, September 3rd, and on through the weekend. I can't believe it's Friday already, although I've been pushing for Friday, it seems like, since the beginning of the week, <laughs> as I kept pushing every uh, day, one day ahead. So on Wednesday, I was thinking it was Thursday. On Thursday, yesterday, I thought it was Friday. Oh, it was kind of funny because I guess I just wanted the weekend to come. Who knows? Good morning to all of you. I see a bunch of you checking in now. Good morning to Andrea and Kathleen Mallory, Christine, J-Lo. So good to see you with us. Tom Wright, you got up. Yay. It's good to see you. J-Lo, I'm so glad I was thinking about you and all of our listeners that are in uh, New Jersey, New York, Washington, D.C., all that area that has been so wiped out or drowned by the remnants of Hurricane Ida. And of course, all of those of you in Louisiana and any other place along that, that path that had been affected by all of that water coming down. Debbie Tippett's two meal, good morning. Mimi, hello to you. And Tom says, I got up. Ursula, good morning to you as well. And Tom says, I owe him. <laughs> uh, okay, well, what we'll do maybe is give you a card reading today sometime. Um, I do have quite a bit to chat about today. Um, but first, I wanted to start out this morning with some magic that is going on. You know, I was born in the week of magic, right? I was born in the week of magic. And that comes from the book Personology. If you've ever seen, it's a huge book, or it could be called the Destiny Book, no, it's not the Book of Destinies, but it's a very thick book, and it goes through every week of the astrological mandala and tells you what that week is about. And so everybody's born, of course, in a week. And even in the Mayan calendar and in the Pleiadian Earth calendar, we are born in a week, right? The week that starts with the one energy, and that energy pulse of that, that week goes through all of the days of that particular week. So they have a similar theme, let's say, or uh, similar energies that fall into that week. So it's interesting because I've always been sort of leaning toward that more magical side, the things that I see in the world and the things that happen. So I want to share a couple of little stories with you that uh, of magic that happened this week. So um, many of you know that I have been working a 33-day prayer meditation process for my son, Brian, who passed away in July. And uh, we didn't start the process. And this is something I've been doing with my friend, Londa. And Londa and I started the process on August 11th, the one month anniversary of his passing. And so we are uh, sitting right today at day 24 of that process. Well, on day 22, unbeknownst to me, I had scheduled, I knew I had scheduled a, an Akashic Records reading but unbeknownst to me, it was falling on the day 22 of this 33-day process, right? So we have these master numbers showing up. First of all, we started on the 11th, um, which is a master number of enlightenment and illumination. Then fast forward to the day 22, uh, and it is a day that I'm having an Akashic Records reading. And then, of course, this is a 33-day process, so there's the 33, the master number, which also happens to be my birth number. So there's this magic all around this process that we're doing. And trust me when I say this process has been the source of joy, of, of sadness and tears, 
uh, of anger and upset. It has been quite the wild ride, right? And uh, through it, I've been very emotional, um, emotional up, emotional down, and every place in between. Um, but part of the process is that I have been writing in a journal that I call his sacred book, I think, or sacred Brian journal, uh, every experience from every day. So each day there's something written about what's gone on for that day. We're at the part of the process right now where we are enacting or invoking the, the violet heart flame. And it is a violet heart flame prayer. So the first day that I did it was, I believe, Monday of this week, Monday or Tuesday. And in during this uh, process, you're saying a prayer and it's almost six pages long. It's a very long prayer. It's beautiful, but it's very long. In the, the first day I did it, I envisioned Brian was right next to me. We were sort of shoulder to shoulder, um, me in the very physical world, he in the very spiritual world. And uh, I could almost just see him right next to me. And as it's getting longer and longer, and I'm reciting this, right? I'm reciting this. He's holding space for me to recite it. I'm getting kind of irritated. I can feel that irritation inside that boredom, that restlessness that comes up when you're doing something that takes a long time. And I, I heard him chuckling next to me, right? I heard him chuckling next to me. And part of the process is that you take and you cover something, a picture of your loved one um, in violet tissue paper. And so I had gone out on Sunday because Terry reminded me, you need to get this. So we went out and we found the perfect color uh, tissue paper to wrap him, <clears throat> his picture in. And it, what I did is I, I made sort of a book cover for the, the sacred journal and I wrapped it in this violet colored paper, right? So we do this prayer process. Then on Wednesday, I have my meeting with um, the Akashic Records reader. His name is Robert Brunus. Brunus, I think it is how you say it. Uh, Ursula, you might need to correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not sure how to say it. And uh, in the middle of his reading with me, he suddenly goes, why do I see your son all wrapped in purple? Why is he wearing purple? And I, I start cracking up because uh, I knew why. And I said, to, I told him the same thing I was just explaining to you that I had bought that part of this process was to see our loved ones wrapped in this violet flame and that we're doing this heart meditation for him. And part of that, again, is, you know, this violet uh, uh, kind of cloaking or clothing of Brian in that color. So <laughs> He sees that and that that just made me go, oh my gosh, I get this now, right? He's true, he's authentic because no one else outside of now you guys, because I'm telling you, but also Londa and Terry knew that I had done that. And I don't know Robert, so truly he's in the Akashic Records and he's giving me this information. <laughs> so then yesterday I decided, you don't do this prayer every day, obviously six pages long, it's very long. So I decided yesterday I was going to do the prayer again. So in the journal, I wrote, here goes, right? Let's see what happens today. And then I did the process and nothing untoward happened during the process. In fact, I actually felt better about doing it. It wasn't seemingly as long or as tedious as it was the very first time I did it. And I could really feel the power in it, which um, 
I, I did feel the power in it the first time, just not to the extent that I did yesterday when I did it. In the end, um, I decided to write and I was telling, you know, in the journal, I'm writing about how, what the experience was like. And I said, um, Brian, I hope this process is helping you as much as it is helping me. Would you please send me a sign to let me know if it's helping you? And please make the sign obvious so that I know it could only be from you. Love you, mom. That's how I ended the journal um, entry. And at that point I went, okay, I'm hungry. So I go off, I make my lunch, I come back in, I'm going to sit down, I'm listening to a YouTube video about vanity from uh, the Gene Keys, right? That's the Gene Key 12. It's my personal uh, son, Gene Key. So I was like, I'm interested in this. So I get all settled. I have my lunch in front of me. I look out, I'm sitting in my living room, looking out my front door. And outside my front door is the patio table with the umbrella. And I something catches my eye on that umbrella. Now we're talking 30 to 40 minutes later, right? I look out and I see a frog, a little tree frog, and he's on top of my umbrella. And I went, oh my gosh, I've got to go help you. So I put my lunch aside. I go walking out the door to the umbrella and I'm like, how am I going to help you? And I ended up having to turn the umbrella toward where my plants were so that he could jump off the umbrella into the plants, not having to fall onto the cement or uh, the deck or even, you know, be subject to the cats that like to, you know, chase after things that crawl and hop. And I turned to walk away after I saw him jump into the plants and I went, oh my gosh, that's the sign. What I specifically asked was for him to show me a sign that this was helping him. So what does he do? He sends me a frog that I need to go out and help to get down from the umbrella to the, the plants below, to the, to the earth. And I was so gratified by this. Now, in the grand scheme of things, magic doesn't have to big, be big and flashy and, you know, something that's like neon lights blaring at you. It can be this subtle. I asked him to make it obvious. Now, how much more obvious is a tree frog in need on top of an umbrella? How much more obvious could it be than that, that there was something else orchestrating that for me? And I just sat down. I had tears, but this time tears of joy as I realized I am connected to him still. He's still there. It was such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience. And I'm telling you this story, not just because I like to tell stories, which I do, <laughs> but because it is such a great validation that even though we have lost people, even though you may have lost a loved one, a family member, a, just a friend. And, and this week, besides losing um, Brian, you know, still in my mind, I've lost a, a client and uh, another friend passed away. And uh, it's just been kind of that, wow, you know, when you take a look around, a lot of people are leaving the planet, but they're not gone or um, destroyed. I, I think sometimes we get this feeling like, you know, they're gone and there's, they're no longer there. Well, they are. They're just in spirit form. It reminded me of a woman that I interviewed once. This was back a few years ago, and I'm going to see if I can't find the recording of that interview. Uh, because she had written a book that uh, was titled Love Never Dies. And she had lost a, a significant other, a loved one. And uh, she was talking about the conversation she was having with this person, even though they had passed, 
And she said, she's the one that gave me that idea in the very beginning to say, you know, show me a sign and make it obvious so that I know that it's from you, right? Um, not just show me a sign and then it could be, you know, so very, you know, different to try to figure out what it is. The other thing I did in the process was I let go of the thought that I had to know the sign right away because I, I know my mind, right? I'm like, okay, now I'm going to be on the lookout. I'm going to be looking around, but it came totally unbidden, right? It came totally out of the blue when I was just getting ready to sit down and eat lunch. Then that even told me even more that this was something true and authentic that was happening. And as I was relating the experience that I had to my family, because we have this one chat, you know, where we are always sharing, you know, encouragement and love, et cetera. I was sharing it with them and they all thought that was absolutely awesome. But I told them this is not just because I'm metaphysically leaning. Uh, it's not just because I'm special or anything like that. You too can do this. And that's my message to all of you. It's 1111. There we go. Uh, so you too can do this. And it just takes being open and being ready and willing to receive and to state the obvious, show me a sign that I know it's from you, right? That I know unequivocally that this is something that is of a more magical state, right? And it happens. It may not happen exactly the way you thought. I could never have guessed I would see a tree frog on my umbrella. But it's the second time during this process that we'd had a tree frog experience. One morning, finally, I was getting to do this process with Terry and he was going to be holding the space of the meditation while I recited the meditative prayer. And and this, at, at the very beginning of it, I look over on my wall and there's crawling up a tree frog up my outdoor uh, wall. And then he jumps down from the wall and goes and climbs up the leg of Terry's chair and hides himself just under the seat of Terry's chair. <laughs> and we were like, okay, so tree frog is a part of this experience now. So it wasn't too surprising then to have a tree frog be the deliverer of the message from Brian. So there we have that beautiful story, right? Now you might be asking yourself besides the uh, energy of the story, why is it that I'm sharing this with you? Well, there's something very powerful happening uh, for all of us at this moment in time, <clears throat> as we're preparing this weekend to go into the new moon window, which is on uh, actually on Monday, uh, for all of us in the United States and early on uh, Tuesday morning for those of you in England and you know, Europe, that part of the of the world. So this particular weekend puts us in the position of the closing phase of the moon cycle that began with the new moon in Leo last month. So we have this very powerful opportunity then right now to really examine the heart to really examine the beauty of the world that is completely around us, whether it's the world we see and feel and taste and touch with our senses, or the one that we intuit that we can spiritually or um, um, interact with on the intuitive planes, right, in the spiritual world. And uh, the, the beginning of that is this morning, uh, at 8.59. So just as I'm buttoning up the show my time this morning, the moon will be moving out of the void that it is in right now, where we are being cradled in all that is possible to the sign of Leo, where it becomes very much about the heart of the individual and the heart of the collective, right? Leo rules the heart, the heart in the physical body. 
and the heart of us as humanity, not just as individuals, even though it is more individually focused. But the um, the sign of Leo is really about heart connection. So when we get the moon into that, it'll be about love, right? It'll be about connecting heart to heart, right? The number eight or infinity symbol on its side, right? Where the heart to heart connection is. Love, dating, romance, our children, right? The love that we have for our children and the childlike enthusiasm, the childlike innocence that we are all at our hearts, right? In that who we all are in our hearts. It is also about giving and receiving love and approval and all of the wonderful heart-centered experiences that we think of with Leo energy. Now, the moon moving through Leo also brings us the heart of creativity, the love of self-expression. <clears throat> now, of course, sometimes we can take that too far, right? We can take that energy too far. But when we're in our true hearts, doing what we truly love, we are in passion, right? Our passion is ignited. And that passion leads to self-expression. And that self-expression leads to self-actualization. That is the enthusiastic expression of who we are, our uniqueness, the sharing of our unique heart-centeredness through creativity. Leo is also about giving love, giving love through loyalty, loyalty to family, loyalty to oneself, loyalty to the heart, generosity, kindness, in cure, in, uh, encouragement, uh, the love of sharing with one another. It is the love of the celebration, right? Celebrating is one of Leo's hallmarks. It's why I kind of love the Leo sign, Leos themselves. They love to celebrate, have fun and play. They love parties. It is an energy in our in the natural wheel of the zodiac that rules the fifth house, the fifth house of joy. So it's the joyful expression of love and uh, taking the risk to be joyful, right? To live our lives according to our hearts. It is also the sign of the love of dignity, of, uh, of determination, right? The love that is so grounded in who we are as the individual and as the individual, which is a part of a bigger whole, that we are recognized. There's recognition here. There's center stage, that, that idea of being in the center of one's own heart, of one's own life. There's confidence here, self-confidence. There's that resoluteness, that ability to stick with the heart, to stick with love. There's strength, strength of purpose. I believe the tarot card of strength is a Leo card. There's leadership energy here, leading by the heart, right? Leading from heart. Now, as every sign has, there's the more negative expression, right? There's always the, the more negative expression of that. And in Leo, it is about set, being set back by our arrogance, by our pride, overly prideful. Now, in and of itself, pride is not necessarily a negative, but it can be if you are holding yourself back because of being too prideful. It is being overly dramatic. The drama queens, the drama kings, <laughs> they're all, you know, that they're displaying that Leo energy, their bossiness. There could be that bossiness, the leadership energy turned into the more negative expression of it. They can be showy or extravagant, generosity being turned more into the negative. They can become narcissistic, self-love turning into narcissism. 
So we have the, we have to watch for the more negative expressions, the lower frequency vibrational energies. In the body, Leo rules the actual heart, right? So if you just put your hand over your heart and you feel your heart beating, that is a Leo process within the body. It also rules the back and the spine. And it's not un, um, unheard of to have Leo in the chart going wrong and your back or your spine showing you where you're misaligned, misaligned maybe with love, misaligned with self-love, out of uh, integrity with self-love. And in also in the body, the process of inflammation is a Leo process, as well as heat exhaustion and all things related to heat uh, in the body. So an overabundance of heat, for example, is how you could characterize um, inflammation, for example. So we have the heart of the individual that is being triggered this morning, all day tomorrow, and transiting later out of Leo on Sunday. And that is putting us in then the preparation for the new moon on Monday, Monday evening. So we have this time period then of the weekend to really consider two things. One would be about the condition of the heart, the giving, loving, generous, loving piece of who you are, the part of who you are, the magical nature of the heart, the celebratory part of the heart, where it's in celebration of love and all things loving, all things to do with that connection that we have with one another. And then that leads us into the Virgo energy of the, later in the weekend and then ultimately to the new moon, which puts the heart into service, into service of humanity, into service of the higher self, right? So Virgo, um, so when we think about Leo energy right now, it is about the creative process, right? But the creative process sometimes gets caught up in the thinking or in the, the, the wonderment of the idea of creativity. And it needs that Virgo push, if you will, the little kick in the butt to get out into the world to be used in a, in a form of service of some kind. And that doesn't matter how, you know, everybody has a different path of service that they could be uh, bringing up. But in that Virgo energy, what we have is the need to push ourselves out into the world to serve. And you guys know, because I've said this many times, I've often had a problem with that word serving. It almost in my head is akin to slavery, right? I'm a slave to having to do things for others. That's not the truth. In service, it's really about how you share of yourself, how you share your gifts and your talents, the things that you do that no one else can do, right? The things that make you you. In uh, the Gene Keys, it would be how you share your genius, right? We all have genius. It's all there in the human design. It's all there in your astrology. It's all there in your Gene Keys. It is there in everything, every bit of who you are, that you yourself have a specific path to express your love through service or sharing of your gifts and talents from your heart. All right. So there's the lead up, the setup to the new moon. 
Now, I want to in a minute, I want to show you the uh, to reframe this into human design. What gates are we looking at in our human design when we're talking about Leo? We did this earlier with Virgo when the moon was moving through Virgo. No, when Venus moved into Virgo, we looked at the gates of Virgo. Um, let me just take a look at comments coming in here. JLo says this weekend I bought a deck of cards and they sent me send me three cards, ace of clubs, ace of spades, five of diamonds. So I decided to shuffle the cards and a five of diamonds came out. That happens to be my dad's Uranus card, right? So dad sending you a message, a message of freedom, perhaps a message of revolution or rebellion of being different and unique. Uh, so uh, she says, I know he was around and even spoke about him in Cardiology Live I was in. Natasha, good morning to you. Sending all love as we walk through moments of doubt, rough times and grief. Uh, Ursula, good morning. Recently learned the heart. Taurus is also connected to the infinity symbol. And you use the word Taurus, T-O-R-U-S. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you mean the, 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 the geometric shape of the Taurus because of the way you spelled it right? Or, or do you mean Taurus the sign? I think you mean the, the geometric shape. Also connected to the infinity symbol and the number eight. Exactly. Corey, good morning. Tammy Smith, good morning. It's good to see everybody out there. Um, Kathleen, love you too. Sylvester says 1111. Um, Kathleen says, beautiful, you helped the frog and it was a sign. Yep, exactly. Uh, Ursula, Robert Brunius, akashicattunement.com. That's right, Akashic attunement.com. He does uh, incredible Akashic Records readings. I had an incredible uh, encounter with him and uh, absolutely uh, I, I totally admire the work he's doing and totally would recommend uh, reaching out to him. Let me type this in real quickly since uh, it's Akashic attunement.com. There you go. There you guys. Well, I didn't put the www, but if you just put that into the uh, address bar, you'll be able to find his website. And I know he's booking up for you know quite a ways into the future. Be patient. He is well worth the wait. All right. So let's see. I'm going to uh, bring up a graphic just as a reminder. And I then uh, I didn't do a separate graphic for um, where the Human Design Week is. So bear with me here. I'll just have to point it out on the screen because for some reason this morning, oops, that is not what I wanted to share. Share screen. Uh, for some reason this morning, I ran out of time. Imagine that. So here are our Leo human design gates. So for the next few days, the, the sun will be moving through uh, and the moon um, not the sun, the moon will be moving through these gates on its way to Virgo for the new moon, which means the conjunction with the sun that's actually in Virgo right now. So these are moon connections that we'll have today after um, 8.59 uh, a.m. PT and all through the weekend. We open up with the gate 56 which is a gate sitting here on the throat center. It leads up to the Ajna. So from the throat to the, the Ajna, which is considered the mind in human design. And at the gate 56 is called the gate of distraction. If we're looking at it in the more negative, I think I'm going to rework this because I think when I was doing this, we were looking at the shadow energy specifically for that day. But the gate 56 has the beautiful energy of storyteller. 
right? Storytelling energy. And it comes up from the experiences that we have as human, the common experiences, the common needs, the common desires, the common, the things that that bind us or bring us together. So community um, love is one of those strings that that brings us together. So the gate 56 tells the story of our human families, right of our families of our humanity. In the lowest extreme, it can be the gate of distraction, because we could become distracted by the story, right? We could become distracted as the story is being retold of what horrible thing happened or of how you were disappointed or how you were betrayed or how you were shamed or, you know, the victim story can get caught up here. And that story then becomes a distraction to our really learning the lesson and sharing the real jewel or the nugget or the pearl uh, embedded in the story. So that's where we begin our Leo. It's where we end our cancer moon experience and where we begin our Leo uh, journey in the, with the moon. The next gate that the moon will be in is the gate 31. In its shadow energy, it is arrogance. It is here also on the throat center. Leo and Gemini share the throat centers here. And 31 being the gate of leadership. So in its highest and best, this is the natural born leader, the one that we all look up to, right? The one that leads us, not because they're grabbing power, not because they're saying, listen to me, look at me, I only can be the one, right? That's not leadership. Real true leadership is born <clears throat> out of the natural ability that people follow that people see, that elevate, that embraces everyone in the leadership process. So in the highest and best, it is leadership that is heart-centered. In the lowest, it's that arrogant, um, narcissistic leader. The gate 33 is the next gate. And I think I had this highlighted because at the time, whatever planet was going through was uh, what we were looking at. It could have been Venus at the time. The gate 33 is also a storytelling gate, right? It's on the throat center. The story here is about how to change the narrative. There's a narrative. We all have a narrative of our lives, right? I was born and I had all of these things happen in my childhood. And then I grew up and I struggled and I finally found da 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 on and on and on, right? And sometimes the narrative can get caught up in the negative instead of this happened. And out of that, what seemed like tragic experience, this beautiful thing began to happen. So we're being able to, in the gate 33, to change the narrative. And the narrative is changed through a process of forgiveness. So the gate 33, where the moon will be sitting this weekend, is also the heart in a state of forgiveness. In the lowest expression, it's the forgetting, the forgetting about who we are, the truth of the being that we are as humans, who is also a, a divine being, a sacred spiritual being. We forget that. We forget that in the stories of our lives. So the forgetting is the lowest expression, forgiveness, one of the higher expressions. And in the highest and best, it is rewriting the narrative, right? Retelling the story. Then the gate seven uh, is on the identity center. So the identity center is the center of love. And let me just remind you from a gene keys or an astro design 
perspective. This center is holographic, as all the centers are. The hologram in the uh, identity center is in the lower expression, the shadow expression is me, 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 me. In the gift expression, the next level up, it's the gift of, of self, of I know who I am, I am. And in its highest expression, it is oneness, right? Oneness. So the gate seven and Leo energy begins the process of taking us into the heart of the soul, the soul of the heart, the heart of the soul. And gate seven in its lowest energy is division. But in its highest, it is a, a majestic energy of, of holding the space of leadership behind the scene, like um, the, the power behind the throne, I think, is a, a phrase that we can use here, where it's the support of the leader, right? It is the helpful uh, person. It is, okay, I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to put all my effort into unifying our experience or bringing into oneness the heart of our group, the heart of our community, the heart of our family, the heart of our nation, the heart of our earth right? The heart of our universe, right? Oneness is that big, right? It's that big. So seven is the help to bring that into being. Then this, the moon will move through to the gate four. Now we move up to the Ajna. The, the Ajna, by the way, is a center in the hologram of it where we have anxiety in the shadow. So the four uh, the gate four can bring up the anxiety of overthinking, of intolerance of others' ideas, of who others are, of um, the individual uh, or individual expression of who other people are. And I was thinking about this with, you know, uh, right now we've been we've been experiencing this energy of division for quite the while, actually, I'm trying to remember back to a time where division wasn't like the hallmark word that we were working with. Um, and that division is born out of an intolerance of one another's ideas, of one another's cultures, of one another's ways of living, uh, belief systems, religions, where we become intolerant, literally, of anything that is not us right? So we're not in oneness, we are living in that division. So in the gate four, what we have as intolerance is coming from a mental anxiety. If we allow ourselves to move to the next level, the next level for that center in general is about thinking. And so many times, uh, I, I've had to tell myself this, who's thinking your thoughts? My daughter's are really good at this where they get they they show me all the time where they get caught up in their thinking and then i'm thinking to, i'm saying to them well redirect your thoughts right you're the one thinking the thoughts there isn't any outside entity that's implanting thoughts into your mind and saying here you have to think these thoughts right nobody's doing that you're doing that to you so if you're doing that to you, then you can also turn that around and say, yeah, right now I'm feeling anxious or I'm worried about the state of this country or the state of the world, the state of the environment. But I know in the highest and best that there is a reason and a purpose to this. You can take your thoughts and you can turn them around, right? That's your power. And in the gate for the highest expression of this is mental clarity to the ability to be so 
in the possibility of it all that you get yourself out of the thinking funk of intolerance. And then the final gate that Leo holds is the gate 29, which in its lowest expression, by the way, this is on the sacral, the sacral center in, in its lowest expression, the sacral lives in reaction, reactionary energy. In its gift level, it is responding, responding in this gate, responding to opportunities to say yes, to say yes to life, to say yes to the right things for you, for you personally. In the highest expression, when you say yes to the right things, you move out of the shadow of half-heartedness and into the shininess of flow, of prosperity. Prosperity is a flow, by the way, right? Wealth is sort of a hoarding word. But when we talk about prosperity, it's a flow, a flow that is always coming to and through us and moving on to others as more making room for more to come in. So the gate 29 allows for the opportunities for us to share our hearts with one another, share our work with one another. And the key here is to say yes to the correct things. When you say yes to the correct things, then uh, it puts you in the right place at the right time for the right opportunities and you bloom, right? You bloom. Now, um, I, I know people might have questions. I was looking to see if there were questions there um, and I don't see any, but before I go to check and see if you have questions, let me transition this over a bit as sort of a lead in to the new moon. Because not only do we have a new moon, we also have a new human design week. And I know it's not charted on here. And I apologize for that. I got too into other things this morning. But here is where the sun is. If you can see my little cursor circling the gate 64 up in the head center, the energy now for the sun and the earth are moving to the head. And in the head center, it's the center for ideas. It is a pressure center in its lowest expression. It's the, the energy of pressure. The pressure is about answering questions. And most of the time, these are questions that have not been asked in the actual physical world. They're more of the pressure during our process of seeking that come to mind. How, when, why, with whom, right? Those kinds of pressure questions. So in the lowest expression, we have pressure. In the gift, we have seeking. And in seeking, we're just staying open-minded, open-hearted, open-emotional, so that we can just take in and find what is correct for us. And the highest expression of this center for this new moon and for the week, we have consciousness. Consciousness, that's the highest expression of the head center. The gate 64 in its lowest expression can be confusion as all of those thoughts that might be coming in require you to, you feel the pressure to uh, answer how, how is that going to happen? How am I supposed to do that? Right? It's almost like, and I've, I've used this metaphor before, getting something, a piece of furniture from Ikea without the instructions. And oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to put this together when I don't have an instruction manual? So in our lives, it's this download of, of, of information or ideas or inspiration without the step-by-step -step 
how am I supposed to do that? So I get confused or I get upset by the pressure to try to answer that question. Instead, with the gate 64, it's all about possibilities. The what ifs. What if this is going to be the, my next best project? And I don't know when that's going to happen, but spirit will guide me when it's the right time. The nature of the gate 64, the sun in the new moon is going to be about examining everything. Go within, examine your heart, examine your motivations, examine your mind. It is the pressure to know how, try to get out of that pressure, try to stay out of that pressure, try to stay in the magic of what if, of what more is possible of the possibilities. And it can, in its lowest expression, become in, uh, excessive inquisitiveness, right? The over, like a Gemini almost. Uh, I think it's interesting that this is literally Virgo, but Virgo is co is also ruled by Mercury as Gemini is. So there's maybe that tie-in of the mind that wants to know incessantly the answers to questions, right? So we are getting into our heads for this week and also this new moon. In the bigger picture of human design, this is falling in the collective circuitry. And remember, uh, I think it was Monday, we talked a little bit about the circuitry in human design. And the circuitry is all about the L word, love, right? And the collective circuitry are groups of gates that are all about how we love as a collective. What's the best and highest for the whole, right? not just the individual, but the whole. Remember, this is the dilemma that we're working through with the needs of the many that outweigh the needs of the one, um, but without taking away the individuality or the freedom of the individual in the, the need to protect the group. So we have this dilemma that we are working through. And part of that dilemma is in the pressure that we have in the collective sensing circuit. So the sensing part of this circuit senses, knows what's correct. And it, this is in the quantum human design, which is the system Karen Curry Parker is, is now working with. It is called the synergy circuitry. The synergy circuitry, because we're bringing together energies and it becomes then the miracle circuit within the synergy circuitry. So what we have is the potential for miracles when we get out of our heads or when we get out of the, the constant barrage of questions and thought uh, funk that we can get into, right? The, the consistent thinking, thinking, thinking that is that straight line. And if we can elevate our thinking or we can make our thinking more conscious, then we can move into the miracle, right? The miracle is possible. Now the earth is also in the head center for the new moon. So when we have the new moon, it is the sun and the moon in a conjunction. So the sun and moon will both be at the gate 64, but the earth will be in opposition. The sun and earth are, they always hold opposing viewpoints, right? You on the earth are looking out to the sun. The sun is opposing the earth or the earth is opposing the sun. The earth brings up the challenge, if you will, that we have to work through in order to get to the other side to, re to really get to the answers. And the earth is bringing up the challenge for us of doubt. The gate 63 in the head center, it brings in doubt. It brings up the questioning of the validity of people, of ideas or of other um, alternate ideas, the validity of um, 
our very selves, right? Um, the more negative use of doubt is when we turn it inward. And instead of doubting something that someone else is telling us or giving to us or that, you know, questioning it from that point of view, the, um, the, the effect of it is we turn it inward and we start to doubt ourselves. We don't know enough. We don't have the answers. We don't uh, have the abilities. So we have to stay out of that. This is the, a collective energy again, right? In this head center, the gate 63 is collective. It is in the logic circuit. So it's collective circuitry, the energy again of love of the bigger, wider world, but it's logic. It is about patterns and understanding patterns and the ability to predict the future from the seeing and prediction of how the patterns go. So where the sun and earth or sun and moon, excuse me, are at the gate in the sensing circuit, which just knows what it knows. It senses. It can't tell you how it knows, why it knows, what it knows, or how it knows what it knows. It just knows, right? But in the gate 63, the earth brings up the other. This isn't logical. Can you prove that this, can you prove that that frog on that umbrella that you helped was actually the sign that you asked for from your son? No, I can't prove it. I can prove it only in that, in my personal experience, I've never seen a frog on an umbrella in my deck ever in my life, <laughs> right? So we have this collective idea of logic being more powerful, but in the head center here, we also see it's joined and in this new moon joined with the energy of knowingness. We don't know how we know what we know. We just know we know. I hope this makes sense for everybody. I'm going to stop sharing my screen and see what comments people are making about this. Um, I hope everybody's getting it. If you're not, that's okay, right? Just listen with your heart. Um, so let's see here, backing up. Uh, a little bit. <sighs> Natasha, I also saw Brian with you on Angel Heart Radio. He is always smiling when I see him with you. And the other day we were together, he was uh, glum as he's sad you're hurt. Oh, yes, I, I get that. Yeah, thanks, Natasha. JLo, 31, uh, gate three, my unconscious earth. Hmm, I'm always trying to have others lead. Hmm. JLo also says she has Make Make there. I uh, wonder if that's why I called my cat Boy Boy. It's in the third house. Interesting, Leo cat. I'm too mental. Get out of your head. I don't even know what Maki Make means. I know it's an asteroid or a body out there. I just don't know what it means. Good morning, Kamal. It's great to have you join us. Deb Johnson, good morning to you. You also have the fixed star Regulus at 29.6. I usually have those that house empty. Could that trigger with deeper dives? Well, you know, the Regulus... It, as a star, a fixed star is in the heart of the lion. It's in the heart of Leo, the constellation. So uh, it is where I have my north node in my own chart. So my destiny is to always be in the heart of the lion. So at some part, whatever it is that you, so fixed star at gate 29 is about really taking a look at what you say yes to and making sure that it's what you want and that you're not saying yes just for other reasons, right? To be heard, to be liked, to be uh, a part of something, right? Sometimes it's the path of having to stand in your own individuality. So there's that part there too. Uh, okay. 
Um, now let's take another little bit of a look at the new moon. Did I bring up a new moon graphic? I don't think I did, but I have enough. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> so now I'm going to share about the new moon. I think I'm going to actually come on air on Monday morning. Unless something weird happens, I will be here and we'll talk more about the new moon. But I just wanted to give you a little bit of a rundown on it now so you can be starting to prepare uh, your intentions and so forth that you want, what areas of your life that you really want to focus on in this particular new moon. So let me share that screen with you. And this will be astrology. So this is the new moon for September 6th at 8.51 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 5.51 p.m. for me, for us on the West Coast. For those of you in Europe and beyond, it will be at 12.51 a.m., I believe, uh, which puts it in uh, the next day, so early in the morning on September 7th. And this is a beautiful chart of the new moon. Here we have the sun and the moon at 14 degrees of Virgo, sitting very near within 10 degrees of the planet Mars, Then and Mars in an inconjunct right now with uh, Jupiter. So we have, we have a, a sort of challenge, kind of mildly challenging, <laughs> Is anything with Mars ever mild? I'm not sure about that. But challenging us to adjust our thinking uh, because Mars is in Virgo. It's attached with Mercury then. Mercury is our thinking. So attaching or detaching perhaps or letting go of, the, of our insistence on the mind being in a certain way, thoughts being in a certain way, and then linking it with Jupiter, who is at 24 degrees of Aquarius, which is about thinking in new patterns, right? Notice that this could be water, the symbol of Aquarius we often think of as water, water in waves. But what if they were interference patterns, right? Have you ever seen interference on a radio wave? It looks kind of this wavy thing. What if Aquarius is really about interference? right? Upsetting the old patterns, upsetting the old dogmas, upsetting all of the things that we thought were real, all the things that we thought we knew in favor of looking at it in a new way, right? Interference patterns. Um, when we talk the Mayan calendar, each of the levels of the Mayan calendar, every time a new day or a new night would be birthed, it would send off from the world tree a new pattern, a new wave form, encoded in the wave, encoded in the wave is potential, right, is the potential for a new pattern. And until we as the observers determine what that is, which means that in the moment that we have these interference patterns in the new moon, if we don't get caught in applying what we think we know, the way things have always been, if we don't apply that to the pattern, then what we can apply is I don't know what more is possible. What what else could there be? What's possibilities? So it's encoded here, but we have a little challenge in that. And in conjunct is never easy, right? This is a part of a yod. And that part of that yod is uh, often um, the part that we have to sacrifice something old in order to embrace something new. And then look else, what else is going on? The new moon itself is in a trine. The blue lines usually are trines. Um, with the planet Uranus. And Uranus is the co-ruler of Aquarius, the interference patterns. So the whole potential of the new moon is for those interference patterns to birth something new, to bring us 
something exciting, something, um, a new way of being. Now, when I was thinking about this in terms of being in Virgo, the new moon being in Virgo, I'm thinking about the uh, uh, humanity accepting a new a responsibility for serving the heart of humanity in the future in a new way, seeing ourselves as capable co-creators with the divine and creating a sustainable future. I think what we see out in the world is everything that is not sustainable. Everything that seems to be in division right now is because those thoughts or those ideas or those dogmas, those belief systems, those patterns are not sustainable. So it opens us up to become responsible to create something new. It's time for us to step into the power of our human lineage. You all came here to this planet at this time for this reason, to birth something new, right? To take that tension, that constriction, that uh, anxiety, that division, all those shadow energies, and to elevate them to at least the gift levels in that, right? To energize and be who we truly came here to be, and it's embraced in this new moon. The future is ours, right? It is ours. We can be the architects of the future, or we can succumb to being martyrs and victims and doing things the same old, same old, same old. But I think that would be an, an abject failure on our spiritual uh, lineage of creating the possibilities, right, of what, where we want to go. So this shows us it's not, this is an ease and flow. But sometimes the ease and flow becomes a place of laziness where we sit back and allow everyone else to do the work or where we only go so far, right? We don't push any further. So in, we settle for good instead of going for great, right? So the invitation of the new moon, I think, is for us to go to greatness, right? To elevate ourselves into uh, that future, becoming the architects ourselves of something new right? Something new. Um, I think that was also uh, in, in encoded in the astrological mandala. We'll go into that more on Monday because that's a pretty depth uh, uh, discussion because it does go into the lineage of human beings and humanity itself on how um, or whether we rise to the occasion, we rise to the potential of what could be or do we stay stuck and implode in this unbearable energy that we seem to be finding ourselves in right now? So that is it for me this morning with that. Um, so I promised Tom a card. <laughs> but I also want to do a couple of cards for the um, collective. So Tom, if you're still there and if you're still awake, I'm going to pull you a Wisdom of the Oracle card. This is a deck by Colette Baron-Reed. I suggest that you guys get her decks. I love them. I love them. I use them all the time for myself, but for others. And they are always really good messages. Uh, okay, there we go. Tom, you are out there. I see you. Kamal, I will pull you a card as well. Um, so, Tom, serendipity. Ooh, and upright. Serendipity. Do you see the four-leaf clover there? Love it. It is card number 18, which is a nine. Serendipity. All right, let's see what that means for you. 
And by the way, when I was thinking about this card for you, Tom, I was thinking about it in the context of the new moon. Maybe that will help be helpful. So card 18. There we go. All right. So the, the essential meaning of the card is opportunity allied with readiness, the awareness of synchronicity, luck and good fortune appearing as signs and symbols. <laughs> That's awesome. A magical alignment of events. Maybe you're going to have your frog moment. So here's what the Oracle's message is for you, Tom. You've stepped into alignment with the greater good where your dreams and the collective dream resonate in exquisite harmony. Now is the time for luck and preparation to meet and create miracles that you could never have planned all by yourself. Keep in mind that you are a channel for providence right now as a higher energy uses you as a force on behalf of the whole world. Your fortune becomes everyone's fortune. Everything you bring into being now will leave a wondrous legacy for others in the future. Your service to the world is being supported at this time. Expect the unexpected, that's very Uranus, and smile for spirit loves you so very much. Now, remember everybody, the cards that I pull, while it looks like this is for Tom, Tom is receiving this message, but so are all of you who are listening, either listening now in this moment or listening later through um, uh, recordings or podcasts. So serendipity is there for all of us. All right, now, Kamal, let's pull you one for quick, and then I'm going to pull the um, one for the collective. Uh, uh, well, let's see, Kamal, I want to be really shook up, I guess, for you today. And oh, that is the one. And it's called the tribe, uh, card number eight, and it was upside down. So there is uh, protection here. So the tribe card number eight is about love. It's about heart to heart connection, right? Heart to heart. I remember correctly, Kamal, are you not in Afghanistan? Is that not where you live? Or were you just born there? I mean, just, were you born there? I mean, because maybe that's what this is, the tribe and the heart of the people that might be hurting in that part of the world and how you might be connected to helping them restore connection. Um, so the tribe, essential meaning of the card is community, belonging, being seen and understood by others, like-minded connections, a sense of family and friendship, knowing your place in the world. And the protection message says, Beware of compromising your integrity in order to belong. How do you dim your light or change yourself so others will accept you in the tribe? Do you hide who you really are in order to play a role within the larger whole? This will never fulfill you. Now is the time to assess your willingness to be real. Stand tall. Be you. Authenticity is true self-expression and the only way to empower yourself. Don't be afraid to be yourself and step into the role your heart tells you to take. Making yourself small bears too high of a cost. Pakistan. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you're not in Afghanistan. But Pakistan, how can you use your heart-centered connection to um, be you in your highest and best light? I guess that's the, the true meaning of that card, right? So the tribe. All right, now uh, I'm going to pull another wisdom of the oracle, and this one will be for the collective new moon. So what is the highest and best for the collective in this new moon, even though the cards for Tom and Kamal also have a part for us to play? Ooh, between worlds. I see the truth of this one. 
Between Worlds, card number three, where you see part in shadow or in the black and white gray tones and part in color, right? So Between Worlds, that card was right up or upright. And this is a card for the collective. And the essential meaning is transitions, not being quite out of one situation and fully engaged in another, temporary blindness, blindness or a no man's land. Between the world is where you must let go of the tendency to make assumptions. This is a time when you are unable to see what is ahead. Cultivate curiosity and trust the process of change and growth. You are done learning the lessons of recent experiences. In this place between what was and what will be is a state of making and unmaking and making again. What is essential now is to admit not knowing. There is great freedom and power to be unleashed. A mystery that is not yours to understand weaves the web of life within a divine matrix of consciousness greater than your own thoughts, feelings, beliefs, desires, and decisions. The seeds that were planted in the past begin to take root, but what surfaces will probably not be what you expect. When you are between the worlds, you are invited to see with the curious eyes of a child glimpsing a rainbow for the first time. Do so and you will not be disappointed. That makes me smile because Ursula sent me a text message this morning about sending me rainbows of love. I love that. All right, between the worlds. So there's that message. Uh, for all of us, the collective during this period of the new moon. Now, let's see if we can choose a spirit animal that can help guide us through that new moon window. All right. That is the spirit of the new moon for us embodied in an animal. And <laughs> wombat spirit. <laughs> I have no idea what a wombat is. Uh, he's very cute looking. I mean, I think I've heard of wombats before. Wombat spirit says, be at home. Card number 68, which is a 14, which is a five. So constructive use of freedom, change, adapting. Uh, and he came out upside down. So we have a protection message. All right. <clears throat> be at home, wombat. Okay. It says... Could it be that you're not feeling comfortable in your own skin, thinking that the only way you can be with others is to hide under the protection of a mask or identity that you created to protect yourself from getting hurt? This mask or persona is supposed to make you look strong, but it really just robs you of your integrity. Wombat spirit arrives to nudge you to drop the false masks because it is not others who will hurt you now. It is you who are hurting yourself when you aren't being authentic. It's okay, though. You can course correct if you are willing to be yourself no matter what comes up. Even if others are not in agreement with your authenticity, you are safe with spirit. Hmm. Wombat. Love it. You know what this reminds me of, this whole thread in our conversation this morning? It reminds me of the Marianne Williamson quote about our fear isn't that we aren't good enough. It's that we are afraid of the brightness, the light that we are, right? The truth is so magnificent. We're afraid of that truth. I would say that sometimes the, the energies that are coming up uh, in the cards are really just showing us some other truth that we haven't thought of yet about how absolutely awesome we all are. <laughs> so maybe that's a good intention to set for the new moon, right? To live 
your most authentic self or the expression of your most authentic self. All right, everybody, that is it for me. Have a wonderful weekend here in the U.S. It is the Labor Day weekend. I do have the intention at this moment of being on air uh, Monday morning. Um, maybe Monday we'll take a look at the new moon. We'll take a look at what's heading for the week. But also I want to do a quick um, review of what's coming up for September. Haven't had a chance to really do that with you unless you listened to the uh, Angel Heart uh, broadcast the other night. So take care, everybody. Much love to you all. And I will see you on Monday. Bye for now.